Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Desperate times call for desperate measures. When time is short, your priorities change. What you would have put off, you no longer do. What you thought could wait, no longer can. What wasn't so important to you before, suddenly now is. You know you should have fixed your sump pump, now your basement is flooding. You know you should have stopped at the gas station, now you're out of gas. You know you should have started that assignment earlier. Now you're just hoping to get something, anything done to hand in or present. It can be more serious than that, though. Like when it comes to matters of your physical health, life and death stuff. That test, that procedure you know you should have done. But most of all, really, though I don't think we often think this way, is when it comes to matters of your spiritual health, spiritual life and death stuff. So when the manager in the parable today heard these words, turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager, his life changed in a heartbeat. Desperation set in. What he thought was so important suddenly wasn't any longer. Charges had been made against him that he was wasting his master's possessions. And the word for wasting there is the same word Jesus had used in the parable he told right before this one. The parable of the lost son sometimes called the prodigal son. The situation here is even worse, though, for that younger son was wasting his own possessions, but the manager was wasting his master's. But for both, desperation made them change. The lost son went home. The manager now did what he could to take care of his future. So since he was not strong enough for manual labor and too proud to beg, he starts slashing the accounts of those who owe his master. Whatever time he has left, he's going to use to his own advantage to make friends who can help him. Now, some scholars think that the manager had been padding the books to enrich himself, and that's what he was slashing. Or maybe he was just manipulating the accounts in other ways. But either way, the end result was the same. Friends. Friends who he hoped would take care of him the same way. But I think it must have been quite the surprise when not just those who owed his master, whose accounts he slashed, but the master himself speaks well of him. 
When the master, who not long before this, had believed the accusations made against him and fired him, now commends him. For what he did was very shrewd or prudent or practical or wise. And the world is like that. The world knows the world's ways how to get along, how to get ahead, how to use the system to get what you want. We do it too. Maybe some do it more than others. Maybe some play the game better than others. But we all know the game. So Jesus' question for us today is this. How come you're not like that spiritually? For the day is coming when the master of all, the Lord of all, is going to call us to account. Charges of sin brought against us for wasting the gifts given to us. The gifts of life and health and wealth and faith and all that our Lord has so abundantly blessed us with. And what have you done with it? Have you loved the giver with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? Have you loved your neighbor? Or have you loved you? Have you loved being at ease? Have you you loved having a large bank account? Have you loved sinning and not really been too concerned with your spiritual health and wealth? The scriptures gathering dust in your home, prayers left unsaid, your baptism a distant and oft-forgotten memory, The new day gifted to you each morning, taken for granted. Do your husband, wife, children, parents, friends have to fend for themselves? Do your wants, your desires, your pleasures, your hopes, your dreams, are they all that matter? And then what happens when you are called to account for all this? Now in the parable, maybe it sounded funny to you that the manager who was fired still had time to cook the books. What master would do that? Well, it's not meant to be a true story but to teach us something about our situation. And that your day of reckoning is coming and maybe sooner than you think, so how should you be living? If you knew the day was coming for you tomorrow or next week or even next year, would that change how you live today? I think it would. When time is short, priorities change. When time is short, we start doing those things we should have been doing all along. If there's still time. 
Now, we don't know what happened to the manager after all this. Were his efforts successful? Was he taken care of? Was the master so impressed with his shrewdness that he kept him on? Or did it all not work? And the manager left to live out his days lonely and broke. We don't know. But what we do know is that's not how our Heavenly Father wants us to live. In uncertainty about our future. If we'll have enough time to change. I can tell you right now with absolute certainty that if it were up to us, if it were on us, we don't have enough time. And our future is not a bright one. So how good then that there is someone who took our debt to our Heavenly Father and didn't cut it by half or even three quarters, although that would have been generous enough, but still not enough. But this faithful one, the one who came and did exactly and perfectly what his Father wanted, 100%, took our debt and paid it for us. 100%. And he didn't just dishonestly cancel it. He paid it with his death on the cross. And when that debt was paid, Jesus said, to Telestai, which means it is finished. And did you know that's the exact same word that was used in those days to write on the accounts of those who owed when the debt was paid in full. They would write at the bottom of the account to Telestai. Paid in full, the debt finished. That is now written on your account by the blood of Jesus, the Son of God. So that no matter how enormous your debt or the debts of all the sin of the world, the death of God's son and our brother, Jesus, more than enough to pay for it all. So you are free. You heard it again this morning in the absolution. You'll receive it again in the communion of Jesus' body and blood. Because our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to live like that manager in fear and uncertainty and thus selfishly concerned about our own salvation. No. He wants us to be able to live in joy and in confidence in Him and His love that our future is secure and thus be able to live for and be concerned about our neighbor. You see, the manager who slashed the debts that were owed his master did so hoping to make friends who would take care of him. But when Jesus paid our debt in full, while he did so to make us friends, he did not do so in the hopes that we would take care of him. He doesn't need anything from us. So he said, if you're grateful to me for what I did, and why wouldn't we be? 
Take care of your neighbor. Use all that I've given to you in this world to make friends. And not just for this physical world and life, but who will welcome you into the eternal dwellings so that they'll be there too. Help them be there too. For the time is short. Maybe shorter than we know. So you've been richly and lavishly forgiven. So forgive others. Stop selfishly holding on to grudges and bitterness and anger. An account of what they owe against you. To tell us die. It's paid. It's forgiven. It's finished. And you've been blessed in baptism to be a child of God. So pray. Pray as Paul told Timothy and his churches. That all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For that's what your father desires and wants more than anything else. Because their debts have been paid by Jesus. To tell us die. Paid in full. Finished. That they know that. And what else? What else have you been given in this unrighteous world and life that is passing away and it's not going to last? That you can use to help your neighbor. Especially for them to be with us in the next righteous world. And that life that is eternal. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And while you aren't desperate, they might be. And the time is short. Maybe shorter than we think. So maybe it's time to change how we live. For their sake, to love as we have been loved. That our confidence and joy may be theirs too. So that when that last day comes, they with us will not hear the voice of a master calling us to account. But the voice of the father welcoming home sons and daughters into eternal dwellings. That's what Jesus has done for us. And so how we get to live now. Shrewdly, wisely, faithfully, freely. Like the sons and daughters we are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.